This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and today I am so excited I'm so excited to welcome Keegan Connor Tracy back to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Woot. So if you're hearing this episode, it's because I got permission from Keegan to release it. <laughs> that is not normally how this works, but this isn't a normal episode. For one thing, we're drinking. I can actually hear the bubbles from my champagne. <laughs> In my headphones. Yes, we've got glasses of champagne on the go. I expect to be filling mine up soon. For another thing, today's episode is a birthday party. We are celebrating Keegan's 50th birthday. Happy birthday, Keegan. Thank you. Can you see my eyes like go wide yeah. just hearing you say that? <laughs> Keegan's birthday was about, was a couple of months ago, but she's still celebrating. Maybe celebrating isn't the right word. Keegan has decided to take this milestone year to really sit in what it means to be a 50-year-old human woman. She told me a while back over alcohol, (laughs) similar to what we're drinking now, that she wanted to spend her 50th year talking to a brain trust of other women to hash things out and find things out and draw out all of the beauty and the fear we have around aging in the open. And there is a lot of fear around aging, especially for women, especially in the film and television industry. Doesn't that sound like a great idea for a podcast? So that's why we're here today. We're going to have the first of these conversations today with the birthday girl herself. So if you're hearing this, it's because Keegan was happy with how this conversation went. And you can consider this special episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast the backdoor pilot for Keegan's upcoming podcast, Fine Wine. That's Wine, W-H-I-N-E. It's, it's a working title. It might not be Fine Wine. <laughs> the untitled Keegan Connor T- Tracy podcast. But you got to give the tagline, we're aging, but we're fine. <laughs> It's way better when you give it. Keegan, welcome back to the YBR Screen Scene Podcast, and welcome to Fine Wine, Thank your you. podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, you know, just always being open to these nutty ideas that I have and uh, coming along, and, and I'm bringing fabulous champagne. Yes, well. nutty nutty ideas. It's, it's kind of my brand. <laughs> same, um, same. I was thinking about our first meeting, which was 10 years ago this year. I can't believe that. It was for the cover of The West Ender. Mm-hmm. We did a fabulous photo shoot it at was. the fabulous Art Deco Marine Building on mm-hmm. Burrard. I will put a photo of that cover uh, on our Insta, in the parlance of the youth. Um, and we had our interview, our first interview together, first of many, at the pub next door, mm-hmm. which isn't there anymore. I think it was the Elephant and Castle, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. And at the time, I, I mean, this was only... I mean, full disclosure, this was only the second article I was writing for The West Ender. Wow. You were, you were brand new, but I mean, Once Upon a Time was still relatively new. I think it was only season two. Might have been, At that point. Ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You spoke about being the Blue Fairy. You spoke about your love of fashion and MMA and polyglot, which means she speaks lots of languages. Um, (laughs) I thought you were really cool. Same. Oh, well, thank you. Um, That's why we're still here. We're still drinking champagne together. But I thought that um, what I saw and what I just was so impressed by was that you were a woman who, like, you liked what you liked. And you lived how you wanted to. And you didn't make any apologies 
for it. Like, it was so cool. I'm like, this woman loves, like, hats and <laughs> MMA and literature. And you can be all of those things. Um, how? And you didn't make any apologies for it. Yeah. How closely does that description match who you were at the time? And how have you changed since 40? Oh, yeah. I didn't, you know, it's interesting when you when you say it like that, how have you changed since 40? Because I, I do sort of vaguely remember turning 40, although I had a new baby, you know, I had a baby at 39, yeah. and uh, she was born in September, and I turned 40 in December of that year. So a lot has happened. Those were, I would say, the 10 hardest years of my life from 40 to 50. Um, it's no joke having wow. a career in film, in, in look, any career, even a career at home with yeah. two young kids. But the film industry is so up and down and unpredictable. And uh, I was talking about it last night with my daughter, actually, about how I used to get a 14-page audition at 9 o'clock, you know, maybe not not often 9 o'clock, but, you know, 6 or 7 o'clock at night, it would come in and it would be a 10 o'clock in the morning audition and I wouldn't have childcare and I'd have these two little kids. And um, so it was a really stressful time for me. I don't have family here and trying to, you know, wrangle that on your own was was really hard. I, I still laugh at somebody telling me the story of being at the Once Upon a Time auditions. And I, I mean, she was three months old, I think, when those auditions happened. And uh, somebody saying, oh, you brought her with you. Like, I didn't even remember that I had her with me. And Whoa. they said, yeah, you just handed me your keys. And we're like, just jingle them in front of her. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a village. And now she's a preteen. And now she's yeah. 11. Yeah, it was just, just crazy <laughs> to me. Um, so the, a lot, I, I do think that that's still a relevant description of me. And I, I love hearing it like that because I, I go, yeah. That's, that's true, and I'm happy that that's a perception of me because I want that to be my truth, that yeah. I live irrespective of what somebody else might think of those things. Not always, but better so now than before in my life, and it's certainly something that I try to impart to my daughters. I have two girls, one of whom is about to be 15, which just... What? Is unfathomable. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just saying, wow, because I remember you describing, like, reading her fairy tale books. Because we spoke mm -hmm. a lot in that first interview about magic and story time. It was once upon a time, right? So, yeah. what? Yeah. 15? Yeah. And wow. 15 going on 30, which will probably murder me for saying that. <laughs> but, um, uh, but just trying to say to her, you know, I'm watching, for example, a lot of body checking. Mm. Um and and seeing this like measuring your worth by how you look sideways in a mirror and trying to and I see the face that she makes when she doesn't like it or she does like it and trying to say to her this is the only body that you get to live in and mm. you know at any moment it can turn on you it could fail you so you should love it with all your heart yeah. because it's the only one we get yeah. and, and to have spent the large part of my life, which I think I can blame a lot on the film industry, not entirely. We all, I think almost every woman suffers it to some degree. Yeah. But it is exacerbated by the film industry. But on both sides of the film industry, you within it and me on the outside of mm -hmm. it, but consuming what the film and TV industry puts 100%. out there. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like it does it doesn't perfect. has not made me like myself yeah. over the years. And and trying to impart to her and and you know and as we're talking about yes, is this a new podcast idea where I'm trying to explore from the perspective of being in your 40s, in your 50s and beyond and the wisdom that we can impart to this younger generation and say it is such a waste of time to, to spend all that time hating what is your most beautiful body. Um, yeah. You know, yes, our bodies are beautiful at all the ages for all the reasons that we know. Um, but I just, I, I, I just, I lament so deeply that I spent so much time in conflict with my own mm. body, with my own face, with my own personhood. And I just really would love to see these girls rebel against that and, yeah. and say, no, we're not gonna do that. Um, and that's part of the reason why we're sitting here today and why I was thinking of that. And to your credit, you know, I just popped an email off to you at one point. I was like, here's the thing I'm thinking of. Oh, gosh. It, even sending it to you, I was like, am I crazy? And you're so good at saying, I'm going to keep knocking on her door until yeah. she does it, <laughs> until she's sitting in front of me drinking champagne as we are. Well, there's a va I mean, there's a value to it as well, because the way that you described it was having a brain trust of women and I you know talking about things and I gotta say 
in the last few years, my brain trust of women, the bulk of whom are older than mm-hmm. I am, have been getting me through things. And I just, it has really challenged my ideas that I've had for so many years about what it means to get older. You know, the year that I turned 40, and I'm 42 now, but the year I turned 40, I started, like, I kind of had to prepare myself for it. I had Mm -hmm. to brace myself for it by being like, okay, I'm going to be 40. So I'm going to be 40 as fuck. 40 AF. Hashtag 40 AF. (laughs) And and thinking that, okay, I'm going to cross this threshold and I have to have a battle phase going in. And then realizing that, oh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. If anything, so much fucking better yeah. than I because I do, I do give less of a fuck about yes. about things, yes, you know. Own. And mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not like scared of getting older. I've had to kind of sit with with a lot of that because the the women that I, who I'm friends with who are older than I am, they're like the most exciting, mm-hmm. sexy, mm-hmm. silly, grounded. Yeah, grounded mm-hmm. and fucked up and yeah. vulnerable, like beautiful spirits. And, yeah. you know, it, it's not what I thought. I guess the, the part of me, you know, that will always be 19 years old, you know, <laughs> was like, oh, you know, you, you turn a certain age, you turn, you turn 40, you turn 50, and then you got to go to Miami with your three <laughs> friends, put on your muumuu, eat cheesecake <laughs> on the lanai, and then, and then, you know, that's it. But that's, that is not it. No. You know, no. not it at all. You know, and so I feel like it's, it's not just like we have to challenge society's expectations around what it means to be a certain age. We also have to, our own, challenge our I, own, our yeah. own ideas ideas you know absolutely I think I spent a lot of I think leading up to 40 I was afraid because 40 felt like a real change of the guard Mm. which I now realize uh, you know and now I can say oh no 50 is and then you know when I'll get to 60 I'll be like no (laughs) No, 60 whatever it is yeah but you know something that you just said really strikes me where you said a, a fear of aging and i saw something on tiktok the other day <clears throat> excuse me there whoa was, whoa yeah, here we go you're on the tiktok i'm on the tiktok i'm not allowed Barely. to be on the tiktok my daughter my daughter will say you're too old mother <laughs> that's my thing you get to have twitter oh i got news for her there's <laughs> we, there is a lane for everybody on tiktok um, okay and there there is a lot of like over 40 and over 50 tiktok and i happen to see this woman probably a lot of you will know this and she was standing in her bathroom and saying uh is anybody else feeling like this because i look at myself and i don't recognize myself and i really i get that And then, of course, women started stitching with it, and I keep meaning to come back to it, and I haven't. But there was a woman that I follow. I'm sorry, I don't know her tag. Is stitching a TikTok thing? Stitching is where you can... Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, oh, we got a school Sabrina here. Oh, boy. (laughs) It's like you can do a duet. You can have, like, side by side and talk about it. And stitching can be... I'm the worst person to explain this, but it's like a know, reaction to what you're in seeing on the conversation of it. Oh, cool. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it is there. You know, TikTok is a great tool. That is the tool I was searching for in my 20s when I used to have to mm. take the the train to Toronto to go to find a speaker's corners and put my loony in. Oh my god! Two minutes. You took the go train to go to speaker's <laughs> corner. Did you actually what get on speaker's corner? Um, did they you know, play I your don't video? Know if I ever did, uh, but I had like I had all these ideas and I had no outlet. And now there's TikTok. And now I'm too tired for TikTok, really, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'm going to shoot stuff, I'm going to go out and shoot a show. Uh, you know, I just don't, I don't have all day to make. I have had, like, several ideas for TikToks that I just, I'm like, that's going to take me an entire day to shoot and edit. And I just don't have that kind of time. Um, but so to go back to what, I, so there is a woman, um, another woman. So you know that I was growing my hair out silver, although. Oh, um, I have a whole thing. I, I have a question in the script. It's just, it's not even a question. It's just hair. Hair. That's what it says. Hair. I want to talk about hair. We're going to talk about hair. I mean, it sounds silly, but hair is about so much more than hair, particularly as you get older. Um, Particularly as women. Yes. I'm going to put a pin in that, though. So there is a woman that I follow because, you know, she's in the silver hair crowd. And what what she said was, and, and she made a point that I had been feeling but had not articulated, that if you spend some time on TikTok, excuse me, you will see all these young women. I can't stop thinking about it. There's one woman in particular, a young woman. She was maybe early 20s, and she was on there saying, so I have a non-negotiable 10-step morning and evening skincare routine. And I remember thinking, like still thinking, who, who is trying to negotiate you out of your fucking skincare routine? First of all, 
I just can't stop thinking about it. See, I wanted to stitch that and I never got around to it. So this is like my imaginary stitch. Um, and she was talking Wait, about negotiating these, with who? That's what I said. I'm like, who is trying to talk you out of your skincare routine? Your cats, routine? your partner. Like she was so serious. My non-negotiable ten-step skincare routine. And it was my it, early twenties. I was falling asleep with makeup on. I used to go home with all my makeup from set and not take yeah. it off. Like just <laughs> crap. Like honestly, it's just. Oh, I do. I love her. I have. I, I have that. love for this woman, and I have love for you in your early twenties. But so, you, you know, these young women that are just vociferously fighting against aging at, at, at 18 and 19 they're already getting Botox and filler and this and this and this and this and look everybody has their own path of what they want to do with their faces we are all facing our own <laughs> our own path face, on that we face, face our face um, but she made the point that it seems to be like the most egregious thing to have happened to you to age and she said you know, we should we should be celebrating that we got this far. Mm. And and I really think there's truth to that that is difficult to understand when you're younger. And I think we have to, you know, we have to rail against this notion that you're supposed to roll over and die when you're not 35. Uh, and that, that the biggest fear we should have is that we should get old. We should be humbled and grateful yeah um you know I, I think if you've ever had a health scare which i know you certainly have had in your family but mm -hmm. you know you, you just it you can be here one day and not here the next and and so the sense that you're going to start at 18 railing against something that you can spend a million dollars on skincare you are going to fucking age. Yeah. I'm sorry to break this news to you. Yeah, you can mitigate it. Stay out of the sun. Get your sleep. Take care of yourself. Eat well. You know, all of these really sort of yeah, and your skin will things. thank you for it. But yeah. you're still gonna you're still gonna age, and it's a blessing. Yeah, yes. that idea. I I remember. I think it was it was absolutely it was Gabrielle Miller. She had posted something years ago that was along the lines of we need to stop talking about about you know uh, the war on aging mm -hmm. or the battle of you mm -hmm. know on aging which we see in in advertisements all the time yeah. for moisturizers and mm -hmm. you know and eye creams and stuff it should be like it should be we should welcome it and celebrate it and honestly like I love young people but I love my friends who've been around a mm -hmm. really <laughs> a yeah. lot longer you know and who have it's it is interesting though because there are cultures around the world one of the cultures I come from that definitely values aging and mm -hmm. values old people Ancestors. I'm not talking about 50 year old I'm talking yeah. about super old people mm -hmm. you know a lot elders yeah elders yeah you know in I'm the an East. elder in training yeah. right now <laughs> <laughs> and the elders I know would be like you're still you're young take yes. a seat <laughs> yes. yes young Jedi yeah but like you know it's it's only really in the west that we shove our our elders you know, to out, out of sight. Yeah. And as we've seen during the pandemic, you know, we, we have shown them how much we value them. And a lot of how we value them, I think, comes from the fear that we have with aging. Mm -hmm. Because we are a culture that does not deal with death. Uh, and this is not at all where I was expecting to go with this. But I think it it, it is part, it, there is a kernel inside all of this. I that was comes thinking from that, that as well. The de And I'm like, do I bring that up in Keegan's birthday podcast? <laughs> but no, let's, you know what, let's go Look, there. You can't because, turn 50 without yeah. thinking about your mortality. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, and certainly as you get older and you're, when turning 50 for me had a lot to do with being able to say, holy cow, I can look back to the beginning. I'm going to pour myself some more champagne while you're yes. talking about okay. death, okay? I'm still here. I'm okay. still here. I'm still <laughs> you can see where you've come from and how long that span was. And so now you have a really definitive understanding of how much remains. If you're lucky, if you're going to get to, let's say we're aiming for 80, and and I think that's a, you know, a, even that is a bold want. I'm pouring more in your glass. Thank you. Too. Yes. Okay. This I can feels, handle this. This feels like a good moment. This, is fine. this, is, this will be the most fun. The Fine Wine Podcast <laughs> is going to be a... <laughs> Well, that's part of it, right? The fine wine podcast absolutely has to have wine. <laughs> I, I think so. You know, we're going to need a maybe Burrowing Owl. Oh, yeah. Burrowing Owl, sponsor us. Send us cases of wine and we will drink your wine. It's so beautiful. And all wine. of these, all of Keegan's friends from the film and TV industry and from various other industries coming in and talk, talking with, with Keegan and me, I'm going to... 
be in the room probably yes. producing, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, uh, talking about, you know, the, the <laughs> moving through the years. <laughs> okay, can we, okay, I want to talk about the hair. Okay. Okay, because, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, for the first, like, I think at the first six months, and everybody's watching Tiger King and baking sourdough, <laughs> you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of our women friends, um, including myself, because I had pink hair, yep. the same color as your pink blazer, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic, and then my hair started growing out, and I was like, uh-oh, I can't get in to see my my woman right now who does my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I going to do? And everybody was starting to, like, you know... Th- bemoan and bewail the fact that they couldn't get get into get their get their grace covered mm-hmm. you know so is like I'm nodding so vociferously okay right okay now. so yeah. tell me so is this where because you have this gorgeous you know um your hair is beautiful and it has it's gray and dark and silver I mean you got a lot going on there so was that like was it the pandemic that like, 100% okay tell me about your hair oh, yeah I yeah. mean like you can go back through my Instagram if you are so inclined uh at Keygalicious <laughs> we are all this inclined not a plug but yeah just if you're inclined to go look at the journey find the link in the footnotes for this episode Keygalicious <laughs> it's funny because I'm coming so here we're gonna address this uh, it was just coming in where there was so long that you couldn't go see anybody and I started looking at it and I remember right, making this post that said what if I just did it what if I just went you know what if? frankly what if I just went fuck it and this is my hair and so for the last two years I have been going through many growing pains with this silver hair thing now the irony of this being that on Monday I'm going to the hairdressers and I'm, I'm shifting it actually away from this silver that I've had now for two years I just am not loving how it's growing in and how it lasts uh, that's its own whole other thing and it, it it's interesting because of what it brings up and I do want to mm. talk about that and I there's a part of me that feels a little like I'm giving up on the whole silver sisters thing um, even though the shift I'm making will still be living largely in that zone like I don't want to go I, I was so tired of going every I should have gone every four weeks and I would push it as long as I could because it was a problem, you know, I had all Mm. the sprays and if I was standing in the wind, there was like, I I went gray in my early thirties and I am significantly gray in all the places that show. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you get in your eyebrows? Yes. Yeah, that's not, and I'm going for, let's not even talk about anywhere else. No, I'm going for, yeah, no kidding. I'm going for microblading on, uh, on Monday. I'm so excited about it. But one of the things that's motivating me, besides the fact that I overplucked my brows in the 90s as a teenager, they were so, we were mean to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But that's like, I'm getting so many gray and white hairs in my, in my eyebrows. I'm like, I just want to like kind of start from scratch. I, I hear this. I hear this. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people that I follow on Instagram. There's Silver Sisters. And I think it. I, there's a lot that I love about it. And there's a lot that I love about my hair. I think what I have come to realize over this last while is that the film industry is already so finicky and is so quick to throw you away as a woman, an older woman hmm. in particular, I, I have genuine concerns, both as an actor and as a director, that it is an impediment for me. Mm. Um, I feel like there are, for example, what you get at this age is mom. You're the loving mom. I have a whole thing to say about that also. Not that I'm not a loving mom in real life, but do you think I want to play the loving mom of Jake, the super spy, who gets to go do all this really cool stuff? And yeah. she's fiercely protective of her children. Like, like that's her storyline. She's she's not there as a real human. She's there as a counterpoint to his story almost all the time. I look at you and I see an assassin. The silver you know. <laughs> Maybe that should no, be the but like that. I mean, and looking at the roles that you've played in in the past, you know, to so I'm sorry. So, so this time you have been working as a director. You're still acting. The roles that are have been coming to you that people have been sending you to read for. Has there been a change since you've gone? Oh mercy, not because of my hair. I wouldn't say. I would say my age. You know, there's all the things. There's my age. There's my demographic. There's the fact that I'm in Vancouver versus L.A. There's Mm. a lot of... There's the fact that I'm fussy. I don't want to play the nurse or the mom. I never have, even when I was younger. They're just not roles that excite me. I love edgy characters. I love, like, 
if I'm going to play somebody, I want to be the messed up nurse. I want to be the messed up mom. I want, you know. I totally um, see you as both of those things. <laughs> it's true. And I never really booked the loving mom. I never booked, I never booked the cop either. I never played the lawyer. Um, they're just not the, you know, the zone that I tended to book in. Just the assassin lawyer. I know I'm like totally seeing you as an assassin right now. The silver assassin. Yeah. Scarring on me. Um, so I, but I do think what it can do is kick me out of things. Mm. And I, I think that this industry is maybe not ready for what I thought I was going to do with this hair. Hmm. Uh, I, I see it. I see it in my tapes and I'm looking at it and I'm trying to look at it from an executive perspective. I think there's a lot of directors that can get it, but I could see at an executive level people going, no, no, she just, she, she looks old or whatever they want to say about it. Um, and that's interesting to me all on its own. You know, the, uh, thinking about, for example, being a director and being worried that in a meeting somebody's going to go, well, you know, uh, she, she's not going to be in, in touch with whatever or she's over the hill or whatever fearful thing that makes I me want to flip the table on. I'm not, not going to flip my own table <laughs> I love this table but it's a truth right you know what I mean that it's not considering it's a creative industry it can lack creativity in a lot of ways hmm. um, I don't know what will happen I, I hate I, I think for example Andy McDowell like that gave me crazy hope seeing oh. her with her silvers gotcha. flag flying she's so fucking sexy yeah with the, but Andy McDowell yeah. is significantly more established than I am um I, I, and it's funny because my hair became this obsession over the last two years I my daughter you know here's another TikTok thing where you pretend to act like your parents and then there's parents that act like the kids you know <laughs> it's very funny and uh, my daughter was doing me a while I don't know ago. what you're talking about <laughs> ask Marge she'll tell you uh, and my older daughter was like doing a pretend TikTok acting like her mother and she was and one, the first thing she started with was um, how's my hair does my hair does it make me look old do I look old <gasps> you know because I say it all the time because Whoa. I feel this sense of like sorry the, she did a TikTok of that no she was doing a pretend one I would probably slightly murder her. Okay, if she but did okay, because well, we would have linked to that in the footnotes. But, it's fine. but like, <laughs> how did, did how did that make you feel? Because out of the mouth of babes, right? Like, there's I knew some it truth to be there. a truth. No, yeah. I knew it as a truth. I have seen myself become obsessed with this over the last, particularly the last two years since I, I tried it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. Uh, going down the street and, and clocking every woman that has let their silver hair come in or their gray hair, however you want to say it, and going, does it make them look or old? Or their gray eyebrows. You know? <laughs> 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 I said, they come in super white. It's That's the place I was getting hair. them in my eyelashes. You know, my corner Oh shit, what am I going to do when that white. happens? I, you know. <laughs> and then they went away. I don't know. Yeah. It's a mysterious world, this whole uh, silver hair thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting what it brings up hmm. and how it categorically says you, you know, here's what it is. It is you saying, fuck it. I don't care if you don't find me sexually attractive or available. That's what that hair says. Do you know what I mean? There is a sense that. No, I'm sitting there with it for a second. Yeah, that because you have stepped that what aside from that. Because it it absolutely says I am not youthful anymore. Look at and Paulina youthful Polina equals Polina. sexy yeah. and sexy equals desirable. To equals money. Men. It equals sellability. It equals yeah. I think at the bottom line, like yes, where there's all the genders and all the sexualities, we get that. But the bottom line, it's a is, patriarchal society. Yes, that says if you are not sexy, if we don't want two to, men, <laughs> you. Then you're not valuable to us. Anymore. I'm sorry. Did you say if we don't want to fuck you, you didn't say fuck. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. To, is your, I'm trying sorry, to minimize my is fuck fine wine going to be no? If you're, I'm sorry, but a podcast that has a brain trust of women in their 40s and 50s and 60s it's and whatever is going to have a bit of swearing. Yeah, especially if it involves wine and champagne. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that's this is why we're drinking. <laughs> to get the, the truth serum. serum. Yes. <laughs> But, yes. but you hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it is to some degree a willful renunciation of 
that space that you spent so much time trying to occupy as a youth, or at least I did, I fully admit to, hmm. that that was so often, and it, it, I'm watching it. I'm watching it be the brand of these young women. Do you know Celeste Barber? Have you seen her TikTok or her Instagram? I do know who that right? is because I follow her on Incest. So she's this, this fucking Brilliant. cool Australian comedian. Yes. And she she will do her own, ver- so like it'll be like um, one of the Karda- Kardashians, Jenners, or whatever, will post some like sexy something or other in a pool or trying on some underwear and then Celeste will do her own version right yes. after and it it just makes it seem like oh wow that's so fucking ridiculous these yeah. things that that we aspire to uh-huh. and the things that perhaps when you graduate from that stage of life you will look back at and go oh my goodness maybe not and and look everyone's entitled to 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 post what they want, to feel what they want, to express their sexuality how they want. I'm, I'm not trying to censor people. But for example, when I talk to my daughter, I say, have you posted that? Before you post something, think to yourself, am I only posting this so someone will tell me I'm pretty? Mm. Ask yourself that question. Um, you know, we're having a lot of conversations about what that looks like, about the dangers of posting something that can get you in trouble, get someone else in trouble, that you might find cringeworthy later for whatever reason. And while you're still allowed to be the age that you are and do the, th- you know, like, look, if you've got a beautiful body and you want to put it out there, I, I don't I, I don't blame you. Yeah. Do it while you can. But if also, you have any body and you want to put it out <laughs> there. Cert- yes. Yeah. Right. Because that, that will make the changes. I mean, even with Celeste Barber, I will often find that what she posts is more beautiful, even though she's doing it for laughs or whatever. Like, I like hers more. But also, she just got on the cover of Vogue doing it. She just got an underwear deal doing it. Because I think what... Once you step through the effortless beauty of youth, because there is nothing easier than being beautiful when you're young. Yeah. Once you step past that... Then how are you beautiful and how are you, what are you putting out in the world? You have to, it has to be based on something bigger than that because if all, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier, if the only thing you have based your sense of self-worth on and your sense of beauty on is how you look, I got news for you. It's going to change. Yeah, and it's going to be hard. Okay. And what happens then? And that's like what I want to talk about. This is the conversation that I want to have. Well, we're having the conversation now. So I have a couple questions for you. And I just got to, as an aside, this totally reminds me of conversations that we've had across the street at Au Comptoir. Yes. So I'm totally like, like yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, with a 75 yeah. in hand. Yeah, exactly. A French 75 or uh, their old drink called the Hotel Ritz, which tasted mm. like a pie and they don't have it anymore. Well, we're going to bring it back. Oh, come to our shit sponsors. Okay, so... Um, Fourth Avenue in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. We're drunk, so there you go. Or I am, anyways, because I drink so rarely. I won't speak for a king. You're very steady right now. I'm being very um, judicious in my consumption. Yeah, I'm really not. I'm like, Woo, we're here. Let's talk. You don't have to drive home. <laughs> I don't. I have to stumble to pick my child up at school in several hours, so I have I have some time. So, okay, I got a two-part question. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. But I will ask both parts now. Okay. Have you ever felt beautiful and sexy in your life? Mm-hmm. Two. Do you feel beautiful and sexy now? I love this question. Uh, you know, the irony of it to me is that the first time I really, truly felt beautiful was in my mid-40s, right at what I dare say was the peak before the, like don't get all, like don't everybody at me, but the peak before the decline. And I'm not saying like I've just- Okay, what do you mean by decline? Downhill, but I mean, if I'm being honest- Which I'm at the changes more than the decline? There is a point at which you have your face that you have known your whole life. And then there is a point at which that face begins to change. Mm. And I feel like the moment that I copped on that I was beautiful in this moment and also prior to this when I never felt beautiful, even when I was in a magazine being called the ingenue or when I was on the cover of a magazine or when I was on a show. Did you feel beautiful when we shot the cover for the West Ender? I did ultimately, yes. I loved what I wore in that. I loved the pictures. I loved the whole vibe of it. Yes, I still go back to those pictures and like occasionally just vainly post them because they were fabulous. Um, 
but overall, no. I, I fought with myself all through my 20s. I never felt beautiful. I, and even in my I'm 30s, sorry, when the log went through your face... <laughs> in the film I look at that now and I'm like oh my god look at my skin look at me that was Final Destination 2 right? Final Destination 2 yeah Yeah. which my kids won't watch they were just really disturbed by that Uh, funnily enough I was like you gotta watch this funnily that's their mother being murdered in a film by some logs (laughs) they did not like it funnily enough yeah Um, so this is again when I'm talking to them I'm trying to say don't it's so useless to hate yourself at all really but particularly at the time at which you have all of the beauty in your hands it's there live it own it love it because I didn't and I look back now and I'm like what an idiot they're not going to hear you Keegan I'm really sorry they're not going to hear you. they got to go through your own they journey hear a little bit yeah. <laughs> they hear a little bit you yeah know? I they feel like they're all. okay like and I don't know your children I know my children. So when you're talking about your children, I'm picturing my two of my own child. And I feel like their generation, I don't know, I feel like they're so much better. I mean, before we started recording, you were looking around this this recording studio filled with all my nerdy crap. <laughs> and you're like, wow, my daughter would love this. And you know, I'm like, literally there are all the Star Trek figure. A lot of the stuff is from recent years. All of my Star Trek The Next Generation figures mm-hmm. are from when I was you know, a uh, preteen, right? Like that. those are 30 years old, you know? And then there's some other stuff that's pretty old. Back then when I was in the closet as, as a, a closet geek, nerd, I was a closet, <laughs> a closet nerd, you the know? The nerds and, are out now. They are out and running yeah, and the it's, joint. It's, it's different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so my kid, you know, I mean, she's, sometimes she's like, you know, like mommy, so I feel like I'm she, they. I'm like, that's rad, you know? And she'll wear a sh- like a shirt to school with like her favorite YouTuber on it. And she's like, some kids are gonna make fun of this. And that's totally fine. Love that. You know, cause I know what I like. And I, I feel like, you know, even watching the nerdy stuff, you know, and it's like, they have so many women on screen mm-hmm. that we didn't have. I, I mean, like- talk about that. You know, and like once upon a time, I'm actually meaning the show Once Upon a Time, <laughs> but Once Upon a Time was a bit of a game changer, you know, because it had so many women protagonists, Yes, mm-hmm. you know? And back in the day, it'd be like, okay, there's one woman on the show. Mm-hmm. I like that one woman. And she's the you wife. Know? She's who, the loving one. Yeah, she's, and who I really want to speak to is the older woman. The woman in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. Well, hello, that's you know? what I'm thinking, yeah. That's, yeah, okay, but... Okay, let's talk about what you just said you want to talk about. Though, I want to talk about exactly what you're referencing. So on, on two fronts, one of which is, you know, we can talk and we can go down this road also. All the roads. We're doing a director. all the roads. <laughs> when I started working in film and television, you never saw a woman on set. Mm. Directors were always male and they were always white. If I'm really looking at it now. Let's look at it. It was so, you never saw a woman DP. Never. I saw one and I remember clocking it and being like what was it shannon coley no 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 way before shannon uh i want to say her name was tracy i wish i knew her name now yeah i just remember i'm sure we could figure it out very easily yeah we could go back through it right but she was a unicorn yeah i I say this a lot seeing a woman on set that wasn't in hair and makeup or script supervisor or um crafty yeah that you didn't see it it did not exist. I, I do some, you know, I'm associated with the Gina Davis Institute for Gender Studies in the Media, right? She has her hand on her heart, as do I. And they talk about it. If you can see it, you can be it. And I never saw it. It wasn't until I started seeing female directors that I was like, oh, I, I can do that? Like, it, I, it changed the question in my mind that said, oh, no, directors are men. I got news for you. Directors are not men. Directors are creative people who direct things. Uh, they used to be only men, and now they are not. So that aside, let's yeah. talk about representation even in shows. You know, uh, something that if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen that I was, I've been <laughs> kind of harping on recently, the, a study that came forward that said uh, of the characters over 50 on television, one in five are women over 50. Like Oof. this is people over 50. So there's already not very much. I think they account for, oh, now I don't know my statistics. I want to say only 20% of everything. And of those, you know, yeah. And and who gets those? Let's let's talk about who's getting those. Nicole Kidman is going to get that. Naomi Watts is going to get that. I'm not getting it. 
Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what's left to me? But also, what are we seeing? What stories are we seeing other than she's Jake the Super Spy's loving wife? I want to change that. I want to change it as a director, and I want to change it as a storyteller. I want to change it as an actor. Uh, And again, that's part of why I'm here. You just didn't, all we've ever seen are, you know, Ana de Arnas, or Anna, I'm not sure how you say her name, in the latest Bond movie. You know, in her beautiful dress, and yes, she's she the one fabulous. from Knives Out. Yes, and oh, she, she's so she was so good in that. Yeah. Yes, no doubt. But her role in the James Bond movie like pissed me off. I haven't seen it. It pissed me off because, first of all, how is this like twenty-two year? I don't know how old she really wait. She's is. a romantic interest for Daniel no, Craig. No, she's not. Although okay. Okay. his romantic interest is still, I feel like I looked it up, fifteen years younger than he is, maybe more. <sighs> That's my, me hissing my or having a hairball. My year old daughter <laughs> taps me on the shoulder while we're watching it and goes, Mom, why are the women always so much younger than James Bond? And I was like, that's an excellent fucking question. Yeah. Because why are they? Why can there not be a power? Like, how do you get to be an expert? At, and I never question. I admit, I didn't question this when I played that woman in my 20s yeah. and in my early 30s about how you're, an, you're somehow an expert at 25. No, you're not. No, you're not. 25, I was a little baby. Right? You don't know. Look, some of us, yes, we know things. Yes, there is a power in your 20s. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not, I don't want to disempower. I'm not going to disempower. The 20s are fucking hard. They were so much harder than I was expecting them to be. Mm. I thought, I had always been told, child of the 80s as I was, Mm. as I was born in 79. But you're told, like, the teens are super hard, you know, and then, like, you're in your 20s and then you're fine. It was like the 20s. You're recovering from being a teen. (laughs) Yeah. They were not as hard as, like, the 20s were so much harder than my teen years were. And it was only, like, I turned 30. I was like, okay, now I can, like, take a breath. And then I hit my 40s, and that's where I felt powerful. Yes, I agree with you on that. And media has not looked like that at all, has not reflected that journey until maybe until recently. Yeah, largely it still remains as such I can tell you that because I can tell you what I'm reading for I can tell you what I'm reading tell for me and tell me it's it's just like I said like I, I say this in all, interviews all the time but this like well don't you know, tell me the, the stuff you tell wife. other interviews oh yeah the loving the wife the loving wife like she's always the loving wife and it's look there's value in being a loving wife and a loving mother <laughs> again I, I want to reiterate that I have respect for that position I am a mother I am a loving mother but there is so much more to women than that. Do you ever remember there's a scene with uh, Emma Thompson in something that I cannot come up with right now, but she's talking about being in her 50s and saying, um, you know, it, there's a there's so much that's great. I feel like she says, essentially, I have so much fewer fucks to give or none. But I, I lament that nobody flirts with you anymore, you know, mm. for example, which is true. Um, why? Hmm. Have you seen women in their 50s? Like, they are powerful, grounded, incredible, guiding, generous people. And I think that that's not reflected in what we see on the screen. Yeah. And I would like to change that. That The two movies that I am trying to develop right now, one of which is a book that I'm trying to get the rights to that I don't even want to talk about because I don't want somebody to steal them from under me, but one that I'm actually actively in development. We have a script. Um, it's written by James Paley. James. Giles Bailey Phillips, a British author, he wrote a book called 152 Days. It's a memoir of of loss, of losing his mother as a He's teen. He's a wonderful Twitter presence. He is, isn't he? Yeah. He's just so positive. So positive. Um, I didn't know that you knew him. Um, and his book, so he came to me and said, Do you, I, I'm trying to write a short film. We read these five pages. And they weren't even in script form. They were just like five prose pages. I said, I see something here. Send me the book. He sent me the book. I read the book as fast as I could. I was like, I see the feature in here. I, like, I, And the, the main role, other than the young boy that it represents him as a teen who lost his mother to cancer when he was very young, and the 152 days are when he was suffering from uh, walking, walking pneumonia, pneumonia and couldn't see her because she had stage four cancer. And um, it's devastating. It's it's a beautiful sort of uh, stream of consciousness book, almost like poetry. And um, that what I saw the second I read even those five pages was this crazy ca- character in his, his grandmother, Nana Q. She's like, I just, I could see Helen Mirren. I could mm. see just the, the fun of this role and how you could see this like vibrant, funny, alive, quirky woman. 
I want to bring things like that to the screen. We see enough of the beautiful Anna de Arnas in her gorgeous dress, kicking ass with James Bond. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. But what we never see are women in their 50s and their 60s and their 70s that are just like devastatingly interesting characters because they've lived these rich lives. They've lost. They've loved. They've suffered. They've fought. They've built. And that's... You know, look, I'm going to do a lot of director for hire things. That's, I got to pay my bills the mm-hmm. same as anybody does. Yeah. But the song of my heart is to tell stories like that, that give women a chance to sing, even though they're not 20 years old in a James Bond movie. Yeah, they are devastatingly interesting. Woo! Woo! Okay, talk to me about Fine Wine. <laughs> and, uh, and while you're taking a, you just take a big swig of your of your champagne. I'm gonna have some some more as well. What do you see happening with this podcast? Well, when I when I contacted you and, and sent you this, like I think I and I did it on on Twitter, like a Twitter DM, because I was mm-hmm. like, so that she doesn't necessarily see it right away, and I can run away from it because I don't know if it's really an idea. Um, I just keep thinking about all I have to say about what it is to no longer be you know the viable youthful as we talked about sort of uh, marketable young woman yeah and all that I have learned from being an older woman and all that I have learned from looking to older women one of my I mean look she's like my soul mother so I don't want to just say she was a mentor to me but Kate McGregor Stewart who is a wonderful beautiful woman uh, an actress she has a master's degree from the Yale School of Drama she went to school with like Meryl Streep and Sigourney Mm. Weaver and she's Marissa Tomei's coach for example like these are just some of her accolades that aside, I was so fortunate to be sort of thrust into her realm. I, I was looking for an apartment in L.A. and my agent called me and said, she just called me and said she's renting her daughter's room. Do you want it? And I was like, yes. <laughs> this woman is like my mother, my yeah. second mother. Uh, she's now in her mid-70s. What I learned from her over the last 20 years that I've known her was invaluable. That kind of mentorship from experience is something that I don't think that we have as young women that I needed so desperately. Yeah. And as much as what I want it to be, uh, in part, a sort of, you know, a gathering of minds, a brain trust, a gathering of women like sharing their their griefs and their their difficulties at this stage of life about what it is to sort of let go of who you were as a young woman. Mm. I also want it to be something that young women can listen to and go, oh, oh, I didn't, you know, I, I couldn't look that far afield yeah. or... I, I don't I didn't see that coming I didn't yeah. know that that was going to be a thing whatever it is so it, or they don't need to be afraid or look I think it's natural to be afraid but to have a sense of wisdom about it that mm. allows it to be an exciting period of growth and not just this thing that you lose like you know uh, my non-negotiable 10-step skincare routine Oof, yeah. you know because you are fighting against something that you cannot win yeah unless you die young you can't win yeah and then you've lost yeah because you've spent all this time like obsessively worrying about the fact that you have wrinkles or that you're you know yeah do i love what i see in my face not no I don't always love it um I really came to love it in my in my late 40s like from say 44 to 50 that was a time where I was like "Ooh, I look good and I was in like the best shape of my life doing Muay Thai at around you know 45 44 45 46 until I hurt my shoulder and the wheels fell off the car I'm so impressed though (laughs) Muay Thai eh right who picks up Muay Thai (laughs) at 44 Keegan Connor Tracy yeah I started skiing at 49 oh I'll never do that (laughs) there are days when I wonder what I'm doing but you need something to to do with your teens right I can't just the way I used to be like let's go to the aquarium they don't give a rat's ass about the although we went to Toronto that was the thing they wanted to do we were in Toronto in November to see my mom yeah Uh, I surprised her and brought my daughters Uh, she didn't know that they were coming I should post that video really it's kind of hilarious (laughs) she did not know they were coming and you know those you see these I love surprise videos like people coming home from the military or whatever oh my god I brought my daughters to see my mom or the dog so seeing shocked. their their, their military owners. yeah for owner uh, for the first time people. Yeah. Their they're people. I don't like owners yeah they're people 
Um, uh, what was where, where was I? Where was I'm I? on my third glass of champagne, but your mom we don't know. was surprised mom. by your children. You went to Toronto. You went to the aquarium. You we went, went to, to the aquarium. aquarium. Yeah, they wanted to go to the aquarium. Yeah, all that was to say that it's hard to connect with your children as they get older. You can't just take them to the aquarium unless you're in Toronto, which is the most fabulous aquarium, by the way. It has like this little moving walkway thing. So Ripley's, right? Takes you through, yeah. yeah. And you're in this like, there's an overhead thing where the fish swim above you and whatever else. It was fabulous. Um, but so I took up skiing to try to have something to do with my kids as they get older. Um, yeah, I don't know how intelligent that is at 49 to take up skiing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, like what? what is success at this point? And I, I don't mean that in the way that I'm like, what is success from your career at this yeah. point? Like, like, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel like okay with everything? Like, do you want to feel beautiful? Do you want to feel sexy? Do you mm-hmm. want to feel connected to other women? Like, yeah. what do we want? What do you want at you this know, point? That's so interesting because it's not that I have suddenly like turned off the, the tap of my sexuality, but there is something incredibly liberating about being released from the expectation of being sexy and available to for in my case largely men although you know I I absolutely am attracted to women I think no wonder men love women we are fucking beautiful creatures Mm -hmm. oh my god Um, but I'm talking about sort of the patriarchal history of where I have come from right Um, there is a liberation to that to being you know what, I'm so goddamn smart and I've worked so hard to be where I am that it doesn't matter if I'm not sexy because I'm going to direct this show or I'm going to write this pilot or I'm going to do this thing. The way you're saying it is so fucking sexy. I gotta (laughs) say, I gotta say. (laughs) Because there's ownership that I just am like, I don't care that you don't, if you don't find me sexy because that's not what I need to be right now. What I need to be right now is a leader, yeah. is an is to, you know, when people talk about why didn't you become a director earlier, aside from not having been able to see it. Have people said that to you? Um, I think that there is some question about it. I was in a meeting the other day about with a bunch of directors and somebody said to one of the female directors um, who, who comes from a, a family in the film industry, why were, you a dire- why were you an actor first and not a director? And I, it was, you know, I found myself taken aback by that question, but I understood it. And in fact, I have to connect with them. That reminds me. Okay. Because what you get rewarded for as a woman coming up as a young woman and then as a woman, you get rewarded for being pretty. You Mm. get rewarded for being sellable as a a sexual entity. You don't get, like, I'm a smart woman. You know, I, I graduated with a crazy high average. I have a university degree, blah, blah, blah. But nobody ever gave a shit about how smart I was. They wanted to see my boobs. They wanted to see, you know, if I could be pretty enough or stand pretty on the red carpet. But nobody cared how smart I was. Well, now people don't care if I'm pretty or not necessarily. But they're going to care if I'm smart when I'm standing on a set and I'm running it. They're going to care if I did my homework. They're going to care if I know how to tell this story. And, And that's my focus now. And there's a liberation to that that I really appreciate. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got off on that tangent. I've now never I'm like, been this drunk I? doing the podcast. <laughs> Doesn't take much. That's what happens on the fine wine, my friends. Does not. <laughs> so I'm sorry. So what kind of conversations do you want to have then? What kind of topics do you want to hit on the fine wine? Working title. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, I have been concerned about, I said to you earlier, about calling it the fine wine, even though Mm -hmm. it's a cheeky play on words, obviously. And I love the notion that, you know, you know, fine wines, they get better with age. We talk about that. And that's where I came up with that. And I was worried about this notion of wine, W-H-I-N-E, having um, a, a negative connotation. Yeah. But just like time, nagging, right? There and there's like a lot of there's a sexist yeah, connotation like, as well. I'm not sexy anymore. Yeah. I'm so sad. Like that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in exploring the fact that yeah, yes, do I lament that men don't turn their heads necessarily when I walk down the street anymore like they used to? Yeah, that's been an adjustment. Like I said at that line from Emma Thompson, I wish I could remember what show that was from, where she said, you know, nobody flirts with you anymore. It's true. Mm. And I love flirting. I miss flirting. Um, 
I want it to be a place where women can come together and, you know, the way that you get together with your friends on a Friday night and you open a bottle of wine and the kids are busy doing something else and you shoot the shit and you talk about like, we this mostly is the do it stuff. Sunday brunch though, because I go to bed so right? early on a Friday because I'm tired. Yeah. Like my 9 30 <laughs> bedtime now does not accommodate this as much as it used to. <laughs> we'll have an early uh, podcast time, I think. Yeah. It should be brunch time. Brunch time. You can drink a mimosa. Yeah. I like this. I like this. Uh, but a place where you can, where where women, my my colleagues, my friends, my compatriots can come and talk about the challenges that come along with this age, for example. You know, like, I don't think I have the same energy that I had when I was younger. Um, I did a little three-month stint as a vegan last year, <laughs> trying out, you know, plant I don't plant know why based. I'm laughing. I don't know why you're laughing either. Three months? Three months. I did three months. And then, and I was doing really well, and I felt really good. And I, you know, James Cameron... Um, I don't know how many people know this, but he has become plant-based vegan um, as in an effort to be able to maintain the stamina that you need as a director, which I desperately understand. Um, I had like one weekend where I took my kids away when we finally could like go out in the world again. And, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have a steak. And, you know, I've been doing this. It's fine. And, and like that broke open the world and I never yeah, had it can to go do back. That. Steak can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Although I still eat largely plant-based. Um, but I have to think about things like that now. I have to yeah. think about how can I manage a 16-hour day in a way that I would have, I laughed off in my 20s that you just don't do at 50. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the changes in hormones. I want to talk about perimenopause. I want to talk about what does that mean? What is it, you know, I, I, the stuff that used to be like hidden away because you were done, you were like expired goods. Well, I got news for you. I'm not expired. I'm a long way from expired. Mm. And, and I want to talk about what that means. And I want to give a, a place for women to come in and yes they're yeah we're gonna whine about it to some degree but we're also here to talk to younger women and say look who's running the studios right now it's not 25 year old women it's women like me women like you women who are past where i'm at who have come through the mill and they have something to say and now there's a space for them you know I'm going to digress slightly. Oh, my God. I love your digressions. <laughs> Do it. I remember being on the last season of Magicians. And Magicians mm. was one of these wonderful shows. And I give absolute credit to the showrunners, John McNamara, Sarah Gamble, and, you know, all the producers. Chris Sarah Fisher. Gamble. Sarah man, Gamble I, yeah. is boss, yeah. right? The showrunner of You, the number one show on Netflix right yeah. now. Um, and she's been... She's you know, visionary She as well. is. And she's been really gracious with her time with me. I want to just give a little shout out there about that. Uh, people that I look to. Um, but they had the kind of show that was always bringing... You know, we had a trans character, Candace Kane, that was just an mm. integral part of the script. They brought in female directors. like, And the young women that were on that show, a series regular. Shannon, do I mean, just to, Shannon to make Coley. it... Yeah, yes, Shannon Coley directed. Whom I shadowed yeah. for my official shadow. Love she Shannon. was the a camera operator, and she is now, like, director extraordinaire. She's amazing. Pa she, she and Paul... I know Shannon because she and my husband, Paul, were in the same film production class at UBC. Right. I've known her since before she was Shannon Coley. Right. She now was still Shannon like Coley, but she was, yeah, she's such a fucking boss. Right. She yeah. can come on the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but I'm magicians, talking, I'm sorry, that's <laughs> okay. They were integral of fostering these things. Yeah. And what I want to talk about is the fact that they always had a mandate of female directors coming in. Mm -hmm. And I remember standing there with these young women that were the series regulars on the show, just chatting away or like doing a shadow or like making their short film and, and the, you know, wardrobe department helping them get all their stuff together for the yeah. short film. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Let me tell you, when I came up and there were no women on set, there was no female DP. There were no female directors. There were not female writers. There were not female producers. Yeah. This is something that now, through the work of all the women who came ahead of me, Leslie Linka Gladder, for example, people yeah. like that, who opened Amanda these Tapping, doors. Amanda Ann Tapping, Wheeler, yes, Rachel absolutely. Talalay. Ann Wheeler, yeah. a huge one. Huge. When I read her beta version of her book, I was like, she opened the door for people like me to be Okay, can we this. talk about the book for a second? Yeah. <laughs> I had Ann Wheeler on the podcast and I, I nearly, I, I was crying before I, mm -hmm. I, I connected with her on the Zoom call because it was, it was so... Yeah, intense. She these women down those doors. Oh, absolutely, and and I like Rachel Talloway and Cher McGowan, the people who were like it almost like in a vacuum. Yeah. Helen Shaver, Helen Shaver. Yeah, who yes. also crossed over. You know. Yeah, but like they were it's bold was, to cross over. I just want to say that it yeah. is bold to cross that line. But there's so many more of you now. 
But now it's nothing. These that's exactly well, my point. These young women were like, oh la da da. Oh, oh another I'm just hanging around talking to a female director because they're here all the time. Yeah. Uh, I got news for you. Ten years before that, that is not a thing. And yeah. that they can take that for granted means oh, this makes me emotional. The work has been done. Yeah. I, I, to me a little bit I've done it somebody said it to me recently a wonderful producer that I worked with I don't know if I want to name them because I don't know if they want to be named um, but said to me you know thank don't you don't name them but please tell me after I will I will okay. <laughs> tell them um, they said to me you know thank you you opened these doors I couldn't do what I'm doing now if you hadn't opened it and I was having a really rough day oh that day oh my god Keegan, I cried huge. I sent them like the crying <laughs> saddest ass message saying thank you for that because I it has never occurred to me to think of myself as one of those people I only think of the people who open the doors ahead of me like Ann Wheeler Mm. um, or Sarah Gamble or whomever that somebody looks to me and the work that I have done as being somebody who opened a door I'm that's again when you talk about what I want to do with this podcast I want to do things like that I want to tell people that somebody banged the door open ahead of me and I'm trying to make that door wider so that you can fit through too and then you can make it wider and eventually there won't be any doors wow there'll just be a big open space and we can all live in it and we can all tell stories and everybody will feel like somewhere there's a story that speaks to them yeah yeah wow okay Keegan Connor Tracy I gotta ask how are you feeling about this episode? Am I going to be allowed <laughs> to release it? Of course. Even if I was like, oh my God, what did I say? What did I, say? I feel like... This I, feels good. I, lo- I feel like the universe sends things, even though, you know, like I do Sam Harris's podcast. I do like, you know, his podcast, Making Sense, and I do Waking Up. I've been doing it for years now, and it was instrumental. Love to talk about that, but instrumental in changing. Becoming present was the single most instrumental change I made in my life that made it better meditating and learning how to be present in the moment but uh you know and he's not super keen on magic like it basically it's like you're just consciousness and then when you die is my you know that's my loose interpretation of it (laughs) that's my father-in-law as well at the same time i believe the universe sends you you know like things come along and i try to say yes and to me this is a yes and uh i'm here because i had a thought and you helped me run with it and Maybe somebody will hear it and they'll say, you know what, I am going to apply to film school and I am going to be a director or I am going to write that screenplay or I do have a story or I am beautiful even though I don't look like Anna de Arnas and James Bond. No one does no. except for Anna. Even that, you know what? <laughs> even she doesn't look like that. She yeah. doesn't look like that. This is another thing that I don't think ever gets out there. We don't, nobody looks like that. You are lit by brilliant people. You yeah. are edited. There are filters. There, It's all for shit and when you're out in the world this is another thing I tell my daughters you can put all the filters you want you can face tune I've encouraged them not to and they she actually doesn't but um you can do that all you want but when you stand in front of people you only have the face you come in and it's not filtered and it moves you don't have Instagram face like Instagram face is a problem in film right now I see it I see it as a director oh tell me what is Instagram I call it Instagram face it's like and sometimes I've done it i think there was a point in time at which i caught myself going oh my god I'm is it like a duck face it's like it's more than that it's like the the face that you make when you take a still picture but carrying that into moving life and especially on in film and tv you can't do that you can't just like talk so that your face doesn't wrinkle at all it's great in a still picture. I don't know. Your face is not wrinkling when you so, talk like that. Cause well, you're... I was doing. I was doing the Instagram face. <laughs> but on, on camera, like if you don't express, yeah, you, if you your look like eyebrows don't move, yeah. we're like, what is happening? This person looks dead inside or something. And I think it's a problem of this generation of thinking that like, you have to show up as yourself. Mm. You are unfiltered. I'm sitting in front of you right now. And yes, I like one filter. I'll put Clarendon on any picture I take. That's my favorite. It's super one. blue and bright. It's blue. Yes, yes, exactly. But beyond <laughs> that, I don't facetune. I don't do all the stuff. And I try to just sit in front of a window. And But at the end of the day, when you see me, this is the face I come with. <laughs> and... Do I, you know, I got frown lines. I, I like got your face. Whatever. No, I do my 11s. Face, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not here to say I don't do anything. And I know there are women who do, and there are women who do. What's 11s? I feel so stupid. You know the 11s. Oh, 
Really? Really? No, the I don't 11s. know. Your frown lines. Oh my the god, 11s. the frown lines. Yes, the elevens. Okay, yeah. I know what those are. I do my elevens. Um, I guess it's you know what I'm. I look forward to this podcast to fine wine because I don't. I guess there's a lot that I'm not talking about. I think we're all not talking about. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it on the fine wine podcast, the the untitled King and Connor Tracy because <laughs> we're podcast. aging. Yeah, oh, we're fine. Yeah. Happy fucking birthday, mm, Keegan. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you for making this happen. And, you know, even though I, I poked you on Twitter and said, I have this idea. Thank you for helping it come to fruition. And I hope it grows from here. And I hope we bring together an incredible band of women. It's going to be amazing. Okay, so how are you feeling? Are we going to be releasing this go. episode? Send it out into the world. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Keegan, where can people, where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you on all the socials? Give us your, your, your Twitter, your Instagram, and your TikTok. <laughs> well, you and then know. you're going to help me set up my own TikTok, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. We'll have a little. Uh, we'll have a tutorial <laughs> at the end. Uh, <laughs> it depends on which lane you would like to follow, and um, you know. So, there's Keegalicious has been my brand for a long time. It's what I started with, and even as I've aged, there have been times when I've been like, oh, is that a bad one as I get older? But it's just the one that I came with. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok are all at Keegalicious. If you want to follow me as a director in my more serious lane, I have Keegan the Director. There's my website. Keegan That's the my, Director. Keegan the Director. Mostly because somebody is squatting on KeeganConnorTracy.com and wanted to sell it to me for like $5,000. I was like, Go fuck yourself hard. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't need it that bad. And to me, Keegan, the director, because there's Keegan, the actress, uh, and there's Keegan, the director. And uh, I who are like, you? Who's sitting here right now? Uh, oh gosh, I, I think just Keegan. You know, just Keegan.com. <laughs> just maybe that's because I'm, I'm all of those people, yeah. and I'm all of those things. But they definitely are different lanes, you know. Um, I feel like as a director, Kegelicious is just not serious enough, and it's I, I, I am very serious about that that part of my profession and mm. my future in that respect, and I want to be respected. So Keegan, the director, is is that lane. But uh, you know, I'm still over there at Kegelicious, and I am still Kegelicious. So you are absolutely Kegelicious. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. with us today. Thank Happy you. birthday. Thank you. Um, I'm going to do the whole like outro thing and then we're going to drink more, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> wow, three glasses of champagne <laughs> will do that. Leave us a review or if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and we can keep having more conversations like this and also keep launching more podcasts. Mm-hmm. Find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene and at Sabrina Rumpf. S-A-B-R-I-N-A-R-M-F. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Firminger and it's edited by Simon Firminger special thanks to Mariana Firminger for recording our Patreon ad to Paul Firminger for technical support and to Dane not Firminger definitely poor poor not Firminger Dane for the original music Wyvair Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment yeah I have had a lot of <laughs> bubbles okay join us next time for another deep dive into vancouver's dynamic film and television scene and cut this ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of hollywood north history the fish flight in the 1980s The fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver and Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the fish flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. 
We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com.